This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Tonight, we begin by going back to 1950 for a detective show, Richard Diamond, Private Detective. It was an American radio drama created by Blake Edwards. Now, many of the shows were either written or directed by Edwards. Dick Powell starred in the leading role, and its theme, Leave It to Love, was whistled by Powell at the beginning of each episode. Tonight's episode is called Cop Killer. Broadcasting Company presents Dick Powell as Richard Diamond, Private Detective. Before I was a private detective, I was a cop. Homicide. Working out of the 5th Precinct. Homicide means murder. And there are a lot more murders committed in the big city than you think. More than make the headlines in the newspapers. And for everyone, there's the same impersonal routine, the same hard work, the same check and double check, with every cop in or out of uniform doing his best to put the case in the closed file. But there's one kind of murder that will really tear the department to pieces, and that's when a cop is killed in line of duty. Here's another exciting half hour with Richard Diamond, Private Detective, starring Dick Powell. Diamond Detective Agency, if your husband's dead and you pull the trigger, Diamond will help, but the fee is bigger. Hello? Oh, Rick, what can I say? Hello. Hello. Oh, no, that's nice. Now try Hello, Rick. Hello, Rick. Oh, dandy. Call back tomorrow and we'll start on Hello, Rick. This is Helen. Oh, you idiot. Hi, baby. Hi. What's doing? Oh, this is a little lonesome. Wanted to know if you were coming by tonight. Oh, you know it. Should be there around eight. How about a little... Hey, Rick, what's that siren? Is there a fire? Hmm, could be. Sounds like it's pulling right up here in front of my building. Wait a minute, I'll open the window. Honey, if this building caught on fire, I'd be Mr. Unquentine of 1950. Well, what is it? Hmm, ambulance. Oh. Oh, and here comes a prowl car. Must be a traffic accident or something. Well, thank goodness. Well, somebody probably playing in the traffic. Okay, okay. Some guy forgot to step down getting into his new Hudson. <laughs> you know, I make remarks like that. I'm not trying to be... I... Oh, wait a minute. No combination, friend. Just turn the little old knob and push. Who is it? Somebody at the door. Well, Pop. What? Pop's gold. Oh, the nice old 
old blind man who sells pencils on the corner. Yeah. Hello, Pop. Hey, please, Mr. Diamond, I've got to talk to you. I ain't got much time. What does he want, Rick? Oh, to talk to me. I'll call you back, dear. Bye. Bye. I'm sorry to bother you, Mr. Diamond. Well, not at all, Pop. Not at all. What can I do for you? I can't stay long. I have to hurry, but... I was wondering if you'd come to my place later on. It's pretty important. How important, Pop? I can't explain now, could I? but I got a big trouble. I, I sure could use some help for old time's sake. Huh? Sure, for old time's sake. Where do you live, Pop? Little shack on the waterfront, end of River Street, 622 and a half. When do you want me to come down? About an hour. Uh, I got to be going now. Okay. Oh, uh, wait a minute, Pop. Yeah, let me give you a hand. Thanks. I, I could make it with this stick, but it takes time. I ain't got a lot of that. Now, there you are, Pop. See you in an hour. Thanks, Mr. Diamond. Name's Rick. Okay. See you in an hour, Rick. Hmm. Miss Asher's resident. Oh, uh, hello, Francis. Mr. Diamond. Oh, yes, sir. I'll call Miss Asher right away. Thank you. Rick, what? Uh, Walt. Now, mind if I sit down? No. What are you doing down here? Hi, Rick. Uh, hold the phone, honey. Came down on a homicide. Homicide? Oh, that squad car right in front of the... Right in front of your building, yes. Shooting. Well, what are you doing up here? I've done all I could down there. Rick. Uh, just a minute, baby. Thought you might want to hear about it. Bill Walton. What? Friend of yours, wasn't he? Yeah, darn good one. Hello, Rick. Somebody put three slugs in him. Rick, I can hear somebody talking. What's going on? Oh, I'll call you back, baby. What? Helen? Yeah. You know, I worked with Bill on a robbery for three years. Got any idea who did it? He left the robbery detail two years ago. Been with the narcotics division. Haven't checked with them yet, but he might have been working on something. Might give us a lead. You want to go down to the station with me? Yeah, I'd like to. Okay. I've got some witnesses to the shooting. They'll be down there for statements. Bill's got a wife and three kids. Yeah. Well, aren't you going to lock the office? For what? Even a termite gag on the furniture. Let's go. Well, that's the way a quiet day could work, work itself into a lot of trouble. And like always, if trouble's around, yours truly is bound to get a chunk of it. Walt and I went downstairs, climbed into the prowl car, and ten minutes later we were walking into the squad room of the 5th Precinct Police Station. The first thing I saw was the zoo's best argument for not taking in boarders. Uh, Lieutenant, I got statements from all the witnesses. You want to talk to him? No, he thought he'd read their palms, Sergeant. Oh, Lieutenant, what did you have to bring the shamus along for? Just relax, Otis. And Rick, you lay off him. Well, I wouldn't needle him. He'd just stop that terrible habit. What habit? Living. Oh. Come on, Rick. Oh, look at that wall. Four heads and they all need haircuts. Come on, Rick. Come on. This is a swell time to make jokes. Can you think of a better time? Okay, okay, okay. Otis. Yeah, Lieutenant. Send in the first one. Then check with narcotics and see what Bill Walton was working on. Right. Boy, I hate things like this. What about his family? Oh, I know all of them. I guess I'll have to go over and tell them. First one, Lieutenant. Uh, Arthur Phillips. Go on in. Uh, come in, Mr. Phillips. Oh. Have a chair. Uh, yes, okay. Uh, look, I don't know much about this thing. Mr. I was Diamond, on... Mr. Phillips. How are you? Uh, how do you do? As I was saying, you I don't... You saw the killing, Mr. Phillips? Yes, yes, I saw it. It all happened so fast that I don't think I can really be... What around. were you doing when you saw the killing, Mr. Phillips? Uh, walking. But I walking didn't see... Walking where, Mr. Phillips? Uh, up the street to my office. Oh, look, I, I gave your sergeant my statement. You'll find it What's all in order. your all. business, Mr. Phillips? Insurance. Liberty Insurance Company, 41st and Broadway. You saw Officer Walton killed? I saw a man. His name I died. I didn't know he was killed. You heard the shots? 
Well, yes, but it was all so fast. Yes, like what it... did you see? Well, like I said, I, I was walking down the street. To work? Uh, yes, Liberty Insurance You've got that. Oh, yes. You were walking? Uh, yes, and, and I, I heard this noise. The shots? Yes, but I didn't know it at the time. It was just a loud noise, but it made me jump, and I looked. You just jumped, Mr. Yes, yes, yeah, well, then I saw this guy grab his stomach and fall flat on his face, and then I saw the guy with the gun. What did the guy uh, with the gun look like, Mr. Uh, Phillips? Well, it all happened so fast. Sergeant Otis showed you our rogues gallery. Did you see anybody who looked like him? No, 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 I didn't see anybody who looked like him. I didn't get a good look at his face. How tall was he? Uh, uh, tall. Like six feet? Yes, or close. What was he wearing, Mr. Phillips? Uh, brown suit and a uh, hat, brown hat. Stocky? Uh, yes. Anything else, Mr. Phillips? Uh, yeah, no, no, Thank that's you, Mr. All. Phillips. We may want to talk to you again. Don't leave town on a business trip or anything. Oh, I, I can go? Good day, Mr. Phillips. Thank you again. Oh, anytime. Oh, uh, if you ever need any insurance, Lieutenant. Uh, Liberty, Liberty insurance, insurance Company, company. Uh, I'll remember. Yeah, well, so long. Cigarette? Thanks. We still work pretty well together, Rick. Why don't you come back on the force? Uh, Lieutenant. There's your answer, Walt. What is it, Hammerhead? Well, I, uh, I went over and talked to Fisher. He told me Bill Walton was working on a narcotics case, but he had no leads. Stuff's been flooding the city. Bill must have picked up a lead and got shot for it. That's all, Otis. Mm, Fisher doesn't know anything else. Uh, Walton just started on the job. You got some more witnesses? Uh, yeah, a lady, uh, Mrs. Margaret Walker. Okay, you can come in. Thank oh, you. Come in, Mrs. Walker. Take yes. a chair. Thank you. Anything else? No. This is Mr. Diamond, Mrs. Walker. How do you do? How do you do, Mrs. Walker? Do you work, Mrs. Walker? All the time. I'm a housewife. You saw the officer killed? Oh, yes, but I didn't know it was an officer. He wasn't in uniform, you know. Would you mind telling us just exactly what you saw? Well, it all happened so fast. I was standing on the corner and uh, just... What corner, Mrs. Walker? Why, the corner where the poor man got shot, of course. 51st and Broadway. Just standing, Mrs. Walker? Young man, the traffic was very heavy. I was waiting for the signal. Sorry. I just want you to understand, I don't usually just stand around on street corners. Go ahead, Mrs. Walker. <clears throat> well, I was standing there and I noticed an old man selling pencils. An going... old man? Yes, he was blind. Hey, Pop Scholes did time about 15 years ago for peddling junk. I... Yeah, that's right, he did. <laughs> I don't know what all this talk is about, but if you don't want to hear my story, oh, I'm I... sorry, Mrs. Walker. Of course we want to hear your story. Please go ahead. Look, well, Walt, I... I just remembered something. I was supposed to see a client in an hour, and the hour's just about up. What? I'm sorry, Walt, but this is business. Now, you wait a minute. I... I'll talk to you later. Well, I never... Well, that's only because you don't have any friends named Diamond. All right, Mrs. Walker. Go on with your story. I went out of that station like Noor in the stretch. The minute the little old lady had mentioned a blind beggar, I remembered Pop Skulls in my office, and I grew the biggest lunch of my career. Something had really been bothering Pop, and a cop killing could have been it. I grabbed a cab, and 20 minutes later, I was standing in front of an old weather-beaten shack at the end of River Street. Who is it? Diamond. Oh, wait a second. Am I late? Uh, look, Mr. Diamond. Uh, Rick. Yeah. Uh, look, Rick, I'm sorry you came all the way down here, but, well, I... You wanted some help, didn't you? Well, yeah, I did. Mm, you did. You could at least ask me in. Oh, sure, sure. I I'm sorry, but, you see, I don't need no help now. No? Well, you seem pretty worried about something when you came up to my office an hour ago. I was, but it's all straightened out now. Is that right? Hmm. 
Hey, uh, I didn't know you smoked cigars, Pop. What? One in your ashtray here. Pretty expensive for you, Pop. Oh, well, you see, I, uh, I kind of splurge now and then. Come on, Pop. Somebody been here and changed your mind about talking to me? No, that's my cigar. What makes you say a thing like that? There was a cop killed right in front of you today, Pop. A good friend of mine. What's that got to do with me? I'm going straight. He was after somebody who's been peddling junk. I don't touch this stuff anymore. I don't go near it. Don't you, Pop? No, I put it down 15 years ago. You did time for it, too. Sure, and lost my eyes in stir. You think I want to go back to that? You think I'm a fool? There's a car pulling up out in front. That should be the law. I didn't do nothing. I swear I didn't. Better tell me quick. Who's throwing his weight around, Pop? I had nothing to do with that cop killing. I'm clean. You can't prove a thing. Come on, open up. It's the police. You're sure you don't want to tell me anything? No, I got nothing open to up, tell. Bust it in, Pop. Come on in. It's open. Okay, Pop. You're coming. I hey. might have known it. Why didn't you wait for me, Rick? Well, believe me, Wall, I had an appointment with Pop. That's right, Lieutenant. He did. Oh, sure. Talk over old times, huh? Otis, take Pop out to the car. Come on, Pop. Sorry I got you in trouble, Rick. Forget it. Ah, just what have you two been stewing up? What did he tell you? He was showing me how to throw darts in the dark. That's a pretty bad one. Yeah. What did Mrs. Walker tell you about, Pop? I don't know why I should tell you. Well, don't be so grouchy. I've just been trying to find the guy who killed Bill. Pop's had it pretty tough already. I thought maybe I could make it easier than having you third degree him all over the office. You sound like I'm going to use a hose on him. But the way you're burning up, you'll probably hit him with Sergeant Otis. No, I'm going home. Now, wait a minute. What for? What, you blow up like Old Faithful? Mrs. Walker told me she saw some guy walk up to Pop like he was going to buy some pencils. Then another man busted through the crowd. That was Bill. Grabbed this guy with Pop. Guy pulled a gun and shot Bill, and then he beat it. Hmm. Did Mrs. Walker give you a description of the killer? Sure. Short, dark, just the opposite of the one the insurance man gave us. The only thing that fits, they both said the killer wore a hat. Oh, dandy. Uh, where are you going? Now, back to my office. Pop knows something, Walt. Don't work on him too hard. Okay. Now, uh, run over to Bill's family again? Right after I get through with Pop. Oh, I'm sorry I got sore. So we all get sore. So what? I'll give you a call. I got back in my cab and headed for the office. On the way over, I kept trying to reason it out. Somehow Pop was mixed up in this thing, and he was scared stiff of something or somebody. I paid the cabbie off in front of the building and took the elevator up to my floor. I headed down the hall to my office, still thinking, still trying to put two and two together. That was a mistake I never could add. When I walked in, I was too busy to notice much. All I got was a whiff of cigar smoke. You fall easy, Shamus. Now, let's see how you left the note for you. Read it when you wake up. Everything about a beating like that is so unpleasant. The first swat isn't so bad. It's hitting that cold floor and fighting to stay awake. When you start getting kicked around, that's the time to face facts and give it up. But you don't. You keep on working until your senses get kicked loose and the world comes down around your ears. You fight it because you think maybe you're not ever going to wake up again. And when you finally do, you wish you never had. Anyway, like I said, it's... So unpleasant. Mm. Oh, okay, okay. Ah. Oh, well, that lamp was pretty silly anyway. All right, all right. 
Don't jump, but you're talking to a ghost. Rick? At the sound of the groan... What's the matter with you? Now, that's a pretty good question. I don't know how to answer it without a head. What happened? Somebody worked me over. Oh, and how they worked me over. You want me to send an ambulance? No, just a shovel. Hmm, what's this? What's what? There's something in the typewriter here. A note. I will have to put my eyes in straight. Now, Rick, if you're hurt badly... Oh, I'm, I'm not hurt that bad, Walt. Well, what about this note? Hmm. Says, uh, lay off the cop killing. That's all. Oh, and, uh... Yeah, look at this. Find something else? Yeah, a souvenir. Butt of a cigar in my ashtray. There was one just like it in Pop's place. Well, hang on to it. All right, sure. What about Pop? Won't tell us a thing. Well, I'm getting sick and tired of this. Now, I got an idea. Wait ten minutes and then take Pop back to his house. Look, Rick, if somebody knows you're working on this thing, they must have found out when you went to see Pop. Probably spotted you going in. They certainly must know that we picked up Pop, and if they think he told us anything, they'll sure try to get him. I know it, I know it, I know it. Now, you drive Pop home, pretend to leave, but don't. And what'll you be doing? I'll be inside when he walks through the door. Okay, but I hope you know what you're doing. So do I. Ten minutes, Walt. Okay, Pop, here you are. Thanks for driving me home, Lieutenant. That's okay. Good night, Pop. Good night, Lieutenant. Who's in here? Who is it? Chick! I know you're here. I can smell your cigar smoke. Chick, please, I didn't tell the law a thing. Chick, say something. Honest, I didn't crack. Look, look, if you want to get rid of me, okay, but not the girl. Please, I swear I didn't say anything to anybody. I'm an old guy. Go ahead, knock me off, but don't do anything to the girl. Please, Chick, I'll peddle your stuff for the rest of my life if you leave the girl alone. Chick! Relax, Pop. What? You're not... No, Pop. Diamond. Didn't like to do it this way, Pop. But that cigar. The guy who saw you earlier came up to see me. Left me a cigar, too, along with a few bruises. Well, you just about know everything. Who's the girl you're protecting? I can't tell you that. Who's Chick? I can't tell you anything. Look, Pop, a cop's been killed. A great guy with a wife and kids. Now tell me, who's Chick? I ain't going to say anything. If the girl is a reason you won't talk, Pop, I'll find her. And if it's the last thing I ever do, I'll make you both sweat. Well, I'm on my way. Wait a minute, Rick. All right. Go on. Okay. If you give me your word, you won't say nothing about what I'm going to tell you. I give you my word about nothing yet, Pop. Now tell me, and if I think it should be kept quiet, that's the way it'll be. I got a daughter, Rick. What? That's right. Right after I went to stir, my wife had a baby. My wife died, and the kid went to live with relatives. Rich relatives. He's getting a good home and good schools. She doesn't know about you? Panhandling, no. She don't know about me, and she ain't going to. Go on. Only one guy knew about her. My ex-partner, Chick Russo. He got away when they picked me up, and after 15 years, he comes back operating again. The guy with the cigar, huh? Yeah. Hmm. How did you figure? The stuff was in the pencils. He delivered it to me, and I'd pass it. Why would you pass it? Chick had me over a barrel. He told me if I didn't play along with him, he'd tell my daughter who her father was. I'd do anything to keep from ruining her life. Now, what about Bill Walton? Well, he, he was going to grab Chick, but Chick shot him. That's why I came to see you. 
I didn't want no part of a cop killing, but I couldn't say anything then because I had this stuff on me and I wanted to dump it. I didn't want to go back to stir. Then Chick came to see you here, huh? Threatened you. Told you to keep your mouth shut? Yes. Told me in plain words that if I cracked, he'd kill my little girl and me. That's why I froze on you. You going to say anything? About your daughter? No, Pop. Oh, thanks, Rick. No, I don't care what happens. Well, I do. This guy's still loose and he's done a killing. I want him. I don't know where you can find him. He never said... Well, maybe I can find him. Take off your clothes, Pop. Take off my clothes? Yeah, you're going to get yourself a new suit. I'm going out and see Lieutenant Levinson. I'll be right back. You sure you know what you're doing? No, but why spoil a good surprise? Rick. Where are you, Walt? Over here by the pier. What's that with you? That's Otis. I'll tell him to hide his tail. Some guy from Oklahoma's allowed to shoot him. Oh, that's very funny. Shut up, Otis. Okay. Seen anything, Walt? Uh, very quiet. Now, look, here's the idea. I'm going down to 51st and Broadway and stand with Pop's clothes and dark glasses on. You what? From what Pop told me, Chick Russo will certainly try and get him. Chick Russo? Are you crazy? He's been out of circulation for 15 years. Well, I got a big flash for you. He's back. But at 51st and Broadway, I can't give you any protection. Russo could step out of the crowd and that's the end of it. Well, I'm counting on one thing. That he thinks I'm Pop. He knows Pop's blind, so he'll get in close to do it. Maybe even with a knife. You're crazy. Walt, Walt, not in front of Otis. Oh, that's all right, then. Now, I'm going down to change clothes. And then you, Walt, drive me to the corner, let me off. Then beat it. I left Walt then and went back to Pop's shack. We did a quick switch, and finally the dapper Richard Diamond stepped out complete with torn trousers, sweatshirt, and sneakers. I carried his cane with a white tip and kept his old hat pulled down over the dark glasses. Well, I'll be darned. Yeah, he looks just like the old man. Now, let's go, Walt. Otis, you stay here with Pop just in case our pigeon doesn't go for the bait. Oh, Lieutenant Kelly. Otis. Okay. Don't look so unhappy, Otis. Who knows? Maybe I'll get shot. Oh, I gotta miss everything. Isn't he a dream? Thanks, Rob. Say good night, Pop, real loud. Okay. Uh, good night, Pop. Sorry if we caused you any trouble. Oh, that's all right, Lieutenant. Thanks for the lift. Here you are, my good man. Bless you. Piker. Well, I stood there for two hours, getting a few dimes and selling a couple of pencils, but nothing happened. Now and then, I'd pull my arm down against my side and feel a nice little thirty-eight in the shoulder holster. I kept moving from one foot to another to keep my legs from going to sleep. I was getting a first-hand example of the tougher old poor old pop had to hold. By 10.30, I was ready to give it up. Then I spotted the cigar. Bless you. For what, Pop? Cops driving you to work now, huh? That's enough. I'll take your arm and you start walking. I'll lead you. Chick! Chick, is that you? Shut up. Walk. All right, we're going in the building. Down in the basement for a little talk. 
And that's just what we did. Chick held onto my arm and led me into my own building and down into the basement. I could have taken him right there, but I kept remembering Bill Walton. So I let it go until just the right time. Okay, Pop. You know what's coming. Yeah, Chick. I know what's coming. Don't act much scared. I guess it ain't so tough for a blind man. You can't see it coming. You'd be surprised what I can see. <laughs> what did I tell you? Busted my arm. You hit me with that cane like you could see you hit me. You go for that gun, I'll break your fat skull. You ain't pop. No, Buster, I'm the fellow you gave the bruises to. Just returning the favor. Boy, you dirty... Don't do it. <laughs> Papa Spank. My shoulder. All right. Now let's go back up where we can find a cop. I know you're not going to take me. Come back here, Russo. Stop, Russo. I've got a gun. Next to you, Shamus. Skeptic. Oh, did he fool wrong? Mr. Diamond Valley dead. Now, you stop that. I just had a long talk with Pop. Oh, is that right? Yeah, he said absolutely nothing. I still don't know where he figures in this thing. Would you mind telling me? Well, anything Pop did was under duress. If it was illegal, I want to know about it. Yeah, and if it was illegal, Pop would stand a good chance going back to prison. He might. You better let the law decide that. You haven't got any proof. How could I? Everybody's dead, except you and Pop. Pop won't say anything? Not yet, he won't. Walt. Yeah? Die. Now, you wait. What in the world was that all about? Oh, that Walt. When he dies, he'll have the penal code written on his headstone. <laughs> but he's a good cop. And there he is again. I can't stand a letter phone me. Oh, you'll get tired. Rick, I'll go crazy. I'll drown it out. Well, do something. I've got the lovely bunch of coke. Stop. Oh, good. Well, don't you stop. That was pretty. Well, all right. Got the lovely bunch of cookie nuts. There they are standing in a row. Big one, small one, some as big as your head. Give them a twist, a flick of the wrist, that's what the showman said. I've got the lovely bunch of cookie nuts. Every ball you throw will make me rich. There stands me wife, the idol of me life. Sing and roll a bowl, a ball, a penny, a pitch. Sing and roll a ball, a ball, a penny a pitch. Sing and roll a ball, a penny a pitch. Roll a ball, a ball. Roll a ball, a ball. Sing and roll a ball, a ball, a penny a pitch. Hi there, you are, my lad. Step right up here. I got a lovely bunch of coconuts. There they are, all up, stand up in a great big roll. I got big ones and small ones. Some of them as big as your blasted head. Yeah, you give them a twist and a flick of the rest. Oh, what lovely fun. I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts. Every ball you throw will make me rich. There stands me wife, the idol of me life. Sing and roll a ball, a ball, a penny a pitch. Sing and roll a ball, a ball, a penny a pitch. Sing and roll a ball, a ball, a penny a pitch. Roll a ball, a ball, roll a ball, a ball. Sing and roll a ball, a ball, a penny a pitch. Oh, my. 
my dear. How is that, honey? Oh, wonderful. Oh, darn. Yes, Walt? Helen, you put Diamond on the line. It's Walt, dear. Oh, never mind him. Come here, honey. Oh. Hello. Hello. Helen, did you hang up? Helen, put Rick on this phone. Hmm. Uh, Thisy Fu Wong, Missy Diamond, not so very dead. Bye. just heard Richard Diamond, Private Detective, starring Dick Powell. Ed Begley played Lieutenant Walt Levinson. Also in the cast were Wilms Herbert, Francis Robinson, Larry Dobkin, Ann Morrison, and Charles Seal. Music was under the direction of Frank Worth. Tonight's show was written by Blake Edwards and directed by Russell Hughes. Dick Powell currently may be seen in the motion picture version of the best-selling novel, Mrs. Mike. This is Eddie King inviting you to be with us next Sunday at this same time when we will again bring you Dick Powell as Richard Diamond, Private Detective. Stay tuned for The Bob Hope Show next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for The Bob Hope Show with special guest Al Jolson. He was an American singer, comedian, and stage and film actor. At the peak of his career, he was dubbed the world's greatest entertainer. In the 20s, Jolson was America's most famous and highest-paid entertainer. He's maybe best remembered today for being the star of the first talking picture, The Jazz Singer, in 1927. After the attack on Pearl Harbor, he was the first star to entertain troops overseas during World War II. After a period of inactivity, his stardom returned with the Jolson story in 1946, for which Larry Parks played Jolson with the singer dubbing for Parks in the singing role. This movie had a special spot in my heart because I distinctly remember my dad taking me to see it when I was about eight. Tonight, from the home of Ken Murray's Blackout, the El Capitan Theater, Hollywood, Lieber Brothers Company presents The Pestilent Show, starring Bob Hope and his special guest, Al Jolson. Thank you very much. How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? This is Bob for every seven, Hope. Telling all you people from Maine to Duluth, be sure to put Pepsodent on every tooth. And whether you're as old as Crosby or only a youth, your mouth will never be as empty as a telephone booth. (laughs) I I don't care whether I get laughs tonight or not. My sponsor can't call me tonight. (laughs) Shouldn't use that kind of language anyway. But anyway, the phone strike has affected the contest for my favorite brunette. One listener sent in a jingle saying, My favorite brunette, how I wish I could date her. She's my long-distance telephone operator. (laughs) Didn't win a thing. (laughs) It's going to be tough getting any messages through, too. I was out in my backyard this afternoon, heard one carrier pigeon say to another, I don't know about you, Mabel, but I ain't (laughs) strike-breaking. But I feel wonderful tonight. I've been down to Palm Springs. I had to come back. I ran out of co-signers. Palm Springs. 
Bob Springs, that's an old Indian expression meaning pale face come and stay in sun to look like red man. Him look at hotel bill and go home pale face. <laughs> What prices for those rooms down there? For $50 a day, you get a room with a view of the mountains, and for $25 a day, you get one with a view of the desert. My room costs $5 a day. Every morning, the bellboy slipped a postcard of a cactus plant under my door. <laughs> I stayed in a nice place in Palm Springs. You've heard of the Lone Palm? Well, all night, the dates kept dropping out of it and hitting me in the head. <laughs> and in the morning, they don't waken you by ringing your telephone. A bellboy tiptoes in, tickles your toes, and whispers, it's later than you think. <laughs> Yes, sir. Of course, I mingled with the 400 while I was there. In Palm Springs, they don't care how many they put in a room. <laughs> it was a nice room, and the towels were all marked his, hers, and put them back. <laughs> Everybody was there last week, and boy, that sunsuit Dorothy Lamour had on. She was sitting there with a copy of Forever Amber in her hand, and the book was reading her. I couldn't get regular suntan oil, so I rubbed Texaco number 30 on my back. It was so embarrassing. A Chevrolet kept coming up and nuzzling me. Get right down close. That's the idea, close. Of course, not too close. Let's not trample each other. Now, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. We're going to give away... Uh, excuse me, mister. Off feet, bump, you're overweight. Uh, now, listen, everybody. Tell you what I'm going to do. We're going to give away absolutely free... Four Chevrolets every seven days. If I may interrupt... Down the uh, street, bump your block and traffic. Race winners announced later in this program tonight, so hurry, hurry, hurry! Uh, say, mister, give me a chance. I'm Wendell Niles. I told you, oh, that's different. Step right up and tell them all about it. Yes, folks, hurry. Send your jingles right away if you want to win one of the next four Chevrolets. Remember to celebrate the release of Bob's new picture, My Favorite Brunette. Pepsodent's giving away... Four Chevrolets every seven days. And our third week's contest closes next Saturday midnight, April 12th. Again this week, as grand first prizes, four Chevrolets. Brand new Fleetmaster four-door sedans. Next eight prizes, new Frigidaire cold walls. Big seven cubic foot refrigerators. Next ten prizes, crisp new $100 bills. Enter tonight. Here's all you do. Just finish a simple two-line jingle starting with the words, My Favorite Brunette. Finish your two-line jingle so the last word of both lines rhyme. Write about anyone, your husband, wife, friends, even your dog. As simple as this. My favorite brunette is a guy named Joe. I married the man because I love him so. Mail your jingle with a top and bottom of any Pepsodent carton or toothbrush label. Mail to Pepsodent, Box 3636, Chicago, Illinois. That's Pepsodent, Box 3636, Chicago, Illinois. Complete rules given later in the program. Also in Sunday papers and at drug counters. Send your entry before next Saturday midnight. Pepsodent's giving away four Chevrolets every seven days. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful about the Chevrolet winners? Now all that's worrying me is why that weed lip Kelowna hasn't phoned yet. 
What a lucky guy he is getting to meet my 14 favorite brunettes when they get into that train, the Santa Fe Super Chief, and escorting them around Hollywood. Many a guy would give his right arm to be in Kelowna's position. Hello, Hope speaking. Who's this? Lefty. <laughs> Professor Kelowna, well... So it's Kelowna on that end Silly boy, it's Kelowna on both ends yeah. <laughs> how, you, how are you getting along with those 14 brunettes, Kelowna? Oh, wonderful, Hope Last night I took them all to Grommet's Theater And paid for all eight tickets myself Kelowna, eight tickets? That only accounts for yourself and seven girls How did the other seven beauties get in? <laughs> Small girls, big mustache <laughs> Professor, how could seven girls hide under your mustache? I don't ask questions. I just have fun. Well, look, at Kelowna, I want to know one thing. Are these girls with you? Joan Davis of Detroit, Ali Lick of Toronto, Betty Lou Heiser of Washington, Anne Trapedi of New York, Ursula Halloran of Pittsburgh, Loretta Summers of Seattle, Jean Devon, Chicago, Rosita Malik of New York, Mary Ellen Fields, Houston, Yvonne Llewellyn, Salt Lake City, Virginia Crider, Birmingham, Elaine Barber, Petrilla, New York, Betty Marlin, Boston, and Nancy Norton, Cleveland. Pardon? <laughs> I said, is Joan Davies... Too late, I'm on the next page. <laughs> you know, Kelowna, you're an idiot's idiot. I didn't know you cared. <laughs> You feel pretty good, don't you, Kelowna, being the only man with all those girls? Oh, but I'm not. Naturally, my friend is here, Joe Schlunk, the midget. Joe Schlunk, the midget? Who's he? Well, he's the little guy inside the telephone who says, unless this is an emergency, hang up. <laughs> hey, hey, Kelowna, what's that I hear? I'm kissing one of the girls, oh. You're kissing one of the girls? Gee, why doesn't that ever happen to me? I'm sorry, thought you'd object to my mustache. Ah, but this is a wonderful game, Hope The girls, the girls line up I close up my eyes And, do and go down the line Kissing each girl And guessing where she's from You go down the line Kissing each girl And guessing where she's from? Yes, I'll show you now, Here's the first one <laughs> Miss Houston <laughs> Miss New York Kelowna, <laughs> who was that? Uh, mistake <laughs> Thank you, Professor Kelowna Yes, sir That's Kelowna He gets all the beautiful brunettes and I get Hello, Mr. Hope Well, Miss Well, Miss Viravig, my favorite lunette <laughs> Say, that's a very pretty hairdo you have, Miss Vegas. Is that for Al Jolson? Yes, it is. And I hope it lasts for Dan Johnson on next week's show. Yes, he'll be here. Ooh. It all makes me feel so good. I can just feel the years start to slip off of me. Yeah, well, you better bounce around a little. I don't think they quite made it. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you to go jump in the lake, but with all that air in your head, you'd probably keep afloat. 
Miss Vague, what have you been doing this week? Oh, well, I've been very busy, Mr. Hope. I started chaperoning the 14 favorite brunettes when they arrived here in Hollywood. Oh, my, but they're pretty. I'll bet they created quite a commotion coming out on the train. Yes, they came out on the Santa Fe Super Chief, and it was the first time the engine ever turned around to whistle. <laughs> Busy, Mr. Hope, as their chaperone. You see, I've been telling them what every young girl should know. Miss Vague, you remember? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you merry moron, you. <laughs> but while you were escorting the brunettes around Hollywood, Miss Vague, I hope you took them by Paramount and showed them my studio. Uh, your studio? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Yes, I did, Mr. Hope, right after I took them down to Santa Monica and showed them my ocean. <laughs> All right, Miss Vane. Just tell me one thing. If yes. you're such a good chaperone, how come Kelowna's out with the girls right now? Kelowna's out with the... Oh, my goodness, he'll lead them astray, sure. Oh, well, don't worry. They're safe with him. He made me a promise. He said, hope to die. <laughs> Hello? I'm dead. <laughs> called burp. It sounds terrible. What's it made of? Dad's old-fashioned root beer. <laughs> well, Miss Bates, don't you want the girls to have any dates at all? Oh, yes, I do, Mr. Hope. I-, I want you to arrange a date for each one of them with Cary Grant during the next 14 nights. Will you do that? You want me to arrange 14 dates with Cary Grant? Uh, yes, yeah, please. Now, you see, every every night a brunette will show up at Cary's home. She'll be tall, dark, and wearing a black veil over her face. Uh, no, no, wait a minute. It's vague. Wait, the 14 brunettes will be on tour the next 14 nights. They won't even be in town. Oh, well, it almost worked. That's wonderful. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it gives me great pleasure to present one of the all-time great names in show business, the man who thrilled us for years on the stage and then thrilled us again in the Joseph story. Here he is himself, Mr. Al Jolson, right here. Here I am. 
juice this wonderful stuff, and yeah, that was oh, yeah. great. Really wonderful. Well, naturally, it was, Bob. You see, that song is from my picture, the Jolson story. But I saw a picture last night that was out of this world. 20th Century Fox, Alexander's Ragtime Band. A great picture, Bob, with great music. Yes, it's a wonderful picture. Yeah. You know, Al, Desi Arnaz and his boys have copied the exact style of Alexander's Ragtime Band. Really? Oh, oh I see. In fact, his maraca players are still wearing the same rags. I noticed that, yeah. <laughs> no, those aren't maracas players, Al. They're a couple of rejects from Queen for a Day. But you know, Al... <laughs> You know, and your singing is such a big success, even Frank Sinatra's imitating you. Frankie is imitating me? Yes, sir. In his last program, twice he tried to get up on one knee to sing. <laughs> but it's wonderful to see a healthy singer. I never saw you looking better, and you're so frisky. Tell me, how do you do it? Bob, a man's just as old as he feels. And the way I feel, I'm going out and get another bowl of pablum. Really, I think so. <laughs> Take it easy, Al. I'd have a tough time burping you. I want to tell you one. You look great. Now, wait a minute, Bob. Let's forget the jokes for a few minutes, will you? You know something? What? I'd like to win a Chevrolet. (laughs) Don't tell me you said in a jingle. Sure, listen to this. My favorite brunette is Larry Parks. He makes with emotions while I make with the barks. (laughs) And here we go. Come on in here, Alexander's Ragtime Band. Come on in here, come on in here. It's the best band in the land. Say, Bob, come in, come in, man, with it. Bob. <laughs> oh, you hokum. Listen, Bob. Bob, you know that. shoes on the Oh, son, you know that. Listen, Bob. That's, What's that? I'm sorry I didn't finish it, but that's a great song. Oh, and I, it sends me. I, I, I love to sing a song. I know you like that number, Alan. Yeah, I've heard oh, you on a lot it. of I shows. Yeah. In fact, I've heard you on every show. You yeah. know that, don't you? You know, you've been making so many guest appearances, Al. Tell me, why don't you get your own radio show? What, indeed? Where? Uh, wait a minute. Oh, you Bob, ask me that again. All right. Ask me that again. Don't do that. We have Skelton up here with us. Wait a minute. And Al, look, you've been making so many guest appearances. Tell me, why don't you get your own radio show? What? And be on... Wait a minute, will you? Ask me that again. Why don't you get your own radio show? What? And be on the air only once a week? That's it. (laughs) Come on, hurry up, Bob. We'll be on an hour. (laughs) Not on this network. You're not kidding, Al. You know, you've been on so many radio programs. I hear the other day a housewife went into her grocery store and asked for a box of Jolson's. Well, <laughs> oh, they're good with mustard. But listen, Bob. <laughs> Just how many guest appearances have you made on the radio? Fifteen. Counting tonight? No, I don't count benefits. <laughs> Al, look, what? think. What do you want more money for? You know, there's no way you can take it with you. I know. But by the time I'm ready to leave, maybe Canada will have figured out something. You can't tell. I feel the same way about Crosby. But you know, Al, we haven't mentioned my favorite brunette for seven or eight seconds. How'd you like the picture? Well, I don't think you have anything to worry about. You don't? No, after all, I was older than you when I made my comeback. (laughs) Yeah, but it took two of you to do it. Oh, please. You know... 
When I was a kid in Cleveland, Al, I used to dream of being like you. So really? I started telling jokes yeah. and more jokes. Yeah. And now I'm here in Hollywood, too. That's right, Bob. Who says crime don't pay? That's what I'm <laughs> You know, I don't have to do this for a living. I can always sell eyebrow tweezers to John L. Lewis. Bob, you won't get no coal next season. <laughs> we'll need it out here, too. Ah, oh, but memories are great, Bob. I, I remember the first time I met you. Yeah, it was at the swankiest hotel in Cleveland, wasn't it? That's right, Bob. And one thing I've always regretted. I never got a chance to apologize for not tipping you when you brought up the ice water. I remember. Oh, think nothing of it. Your pocket was one of the easiest I ever picked. Well, think nothing of it. I'll never forget that time we first met. I was playing in Cleveland, and I phoned down to the hotel operator. Operator, operator. Yes, sir. Operator, this is Al Jolson. Al And Sinatra thinks he started that. Al Jolson! Oh, Elsie, you send me! You send me! You send me! Okay, I'd like to send you, but the elevator don't go down that far. <laughs> Say, operator, where's that bellboy with my things? Never mind, I think he's at the door now. Mr. Jolson? Who'd you think it was, Sophie Tucker? Uh, here's your suit, Mr. Jolson. What took you so long, Bellhop? I just got to work and I had to take it off. Well, here you are, sir. Do you always carry clothes that way? <laughs> yes, sir. Doesn't a hanger leave a mark on your nose? <laughs> Only when they have overcoats on them. What? What's your name, son? Leslie Hope. Leslie. I'm trying to be a comedian, Mr. Jolson. Mm -hmm. Listen to this joke. It'll kill you. Yeah. Every man has a wife, but a nice man has his pick. Ha, 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 How it, was that, Mr. Jolson? It stinks, but stop tickling me. Listen. <laughs> what, what makes you think you'll ever be a comedian? Well, last night I won first prize at amateur night over at the Bijou. What did he give you for first prize? Two tickets for the Rivoli. Mm. <laughs> but I'm sure I'll make a great comic. Just a moment. Let me give you a little advice, son. Show business is a very tough racket. You go from town to town, knocking your brains out. It's a long, tough grind to the top. And if you get into it, you'll wish you were dead. Then why are you in it? The money is great. <laughs> now, look, son, I gotta get dressed. I have a show to catch. Well, here's your coat, sir. But where's the pants and the suit? Did it have pants? No, the jacket came with a bubble. Now, look, son, wait a minute. Don't stand there, boy. Find my pants. I'll phone down and see if the bell captain has them. Yeah. Hello? Oh, well, listen, bell captain, Mr. Jolson doesn't have his pants. Well, tell him to leave by the back entrance. <laughs> and what does Jolson's pants look like? You only have one pair like them. They have a padded left knee. Well... <laughs> let me, let me, let me talk to the bell captain. Hello? This is Al Jolson. Who? Al Jolson. Mammy. Son of boy. Dad, I got one man's family on the wire. What? Listen, you, run to the tailor shop and get my pants pronto. Okay. What am I running for? My name ain't Prado. <laughs> Listen, Mr. Jolson, while you're waiting, I'll show you my act. Yeah? What can I do? You caught me with my pants down. Now look. Oh, no. Wait a minute. I'll show you whether I've got it. Just listen. I'll sing one of your greatest songs. Okay. Oh, California, here I come. Yeah. 
Right back where I started from, yeah. Where flowers of flowers bloom in the spring. Oh, needs more... Give me a chance, Mr. Jolson. Each morning a dawn and birdies singing everything. A sun-kissed miss said, don't be late, don't be late. That's why I can hardly wait. I want open, open up that golden gate. Oh. Opened up the girl. <laughs> Opened up the pearly gate, too, didn't I? <laughs> Joseph, ladies and gentlemen, singing one of Irving Berlin's most beautiful songs, Always. I'll be loving you always With a love that's true Things you plan need a helping hand. I will understand all away, all away. Days may not be fair, all That's when I'll be there, all For just an hour, not for just a day, not for just a year, but all away. I'll be loving you always with a love that's true, all away. Things you plan Need a helping hand I will understand Always Always This may not be fair Always That's when I'll be there Not for just an hour, not for just a day, not for memory of what Easter season brought, in deed as well as thought, 
The good you did for each crippled kid with the Easter seals you bought. And we thank you so much. And thanks for the memory of this month that's set aside in a drive that's nationwide to help ensure a cancer cure that's bound to turn the tide. And we thank you so much. Folks, the king size, thank you to Al Josen. Al Josen, there's the kind of a showman I want to be when I grow up. A showman like Al Josen only happened once in a lifetime. Same in the songwriting game. You only get one Irving Berlin in a lifetime. Those wonderful tunes in Alexander's ragtime band surely prove it. Confidentially, Paramount tells me that pictures like my favorite brunette only come once in a lifetime, too. And at first, I didn't believe it, but Paramount is a big company, so I guess they wouldn't dare say it if it wasn't true. Well, that's all, except good luck to 14 of my favorite brunettes here in the audience. 14 girls from all over America who won brunette beauty contests and spent their Easter holiday in Hollywood as guests of Paramount and yours truly. I played host, Paramount played cashier. (laughs) These girls are leaving in five minutes to grab the Santa Fe Super Chief, and I hope they go back home feeling as I do that our little old movie capital is a pretty good burg after all. Look at these brunettes. Aren't they lovely? Yes, sir. No wonder America is such a beautiful country. Next week, we'll have that MGM charmer, Van Johnson, with us. Until then, good night. Send your jingles right away. Tucker is giving away four Chevrolets every seven days. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Thanks for listening. Tomorrow night, it's This is the FBI, followed by The Life of Riley. Thanks to Joel Schoenenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.